0: Well, good evening. This is night five of our series on dealing with anxiety and depression. I hope that you've enjoyed the previous four evenings. We've heard from Robert Bax, Kelly Burns, Harley Snowed, and I'm really excited about tonight. Tonight is a, a good friend of mine. And, uh, matter of fact, in 2016, in uh, January, the beginning of that year, I had just been pastoring here at Monclova Road Baptist Church since September, and it was probably October, November that um, I reached out to George Riddell. And um, at the time, George Riddell was pastoring the uh, a church in uh, South Jersey. Um, I had known of his ministry for years from my time there in. Uh, the Philadelphia area. His father pastored for uh, years there at Open Open Bible Baptist Church. I really got to know uh, Pastor Adele when he pastored in uh, Urbana, Ohio. And I was in Cincinnati at the time. And we had been at each other's ministries back and forth. I preached for him. He had preached there in Cincinnati. And we just hit it off and uh, became friends. So much so to the place where when I became a pastor here at Monclova, I needed help. And I remember asking him, Could you help me with uh, the topic of stewardship at our church? And he agreed to come. And that was toward the end of January of 2016. He preached an incredible message. Matter of fact, a message that if you were here at Monclova Baptist Church at the time, you won't forget. Um, many people might not remember his name in his face, but they remember the, the pastor that had the long rope on our platform. And he said, on the end of it was just a, a small amount of, of red tape. And he said, this is your life and this is eternity. And what are you living for? And that message made an impact, uh, on our church. You might remember that message and, and um, might've helped you tremendously. It was a blessing to me. Three or so weeks after he left Road Baptist Church preaching, he went back to his church, pastoring his church, his family. He's going to talk a little bit about that. Something began to change. And um, he probably didn't realize what it was immediately. But um, he's pastoring a church, he's traveling and preaching, he's walking with the Lord, right with the Lord. Um, faithful husband, faithful father, pastoring a great church, and begin to experience something was wrong. And I want to stop there, hand it off to you, George, and I want you to introduce yourself. And let's start from that place because you're more than just a pastor that counsels people going through depression. This isn't just, I've got my Bible college degree, and now I'm a jack of all trades. I can help you with any problems. Something happened for an eight month period in your life that changed your life. And I believe because of God allowing you to go through that, you're going to be able to help hundreds, if not thousands of people that are going to watch this video tonight because you've lived this. You've lived through this and you're still living in it tonight's episode tonight's uh final series is there's hope after depression after anxiety and there's hope even when it doesn't all doesn't fully go away sometimes maybe it's not as bad as it once was but you're going to learn to live through it and there's hope and that's the message we want to get tonight. Thank you, Pastor Riddell, for being here and joining us in this series. And um, introduce yourself and tell us about yourself.
1: Hey, well, thank you, Pastor Rands. And uh, I just want to say how much I appreciate your willingness to be able to do this to help. I know it's uh, primarily for your church family, but I believe that God's going to be able to use this with the people that you've already had on there. Uh, on this series. And i um, so thankful for that. Thankful for the men that you have helping get this produced as well. Um, and as you said, my name is George Riddell. I'm the pastor of uh, Open Bible Baptist Church. I've been the lead pastor here for 10 years. And uh, thank the Lord for it. Matter of fact, um, I grew up here in this church. I took over from my father after he pastored for 43 years. I went away for six years and pastored in Ohio. And then the church called me back. Uh, and I couldn't resist. Uh, coming back to a place that your pastor knows very well and uh, the reason you say well why couldn't you resist because of really because of the uh, food to be honest with you um, but uh, on a more serious note we knew it was God's will and uh, because of that we we had to come um, but as your pastor mentioned that after I had preached at Monclova Road um, I came home and uh, on February 23rd um, Uh, I went through uh, what I never thought that I would have to go through. Uh, I remember getting ready to preach. Um, I was upstairs in my office. I was praying. And all of a sudden, I just started to weep uncontrollably. Um, Did not understand why. Uh, I I cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, you got to help me get together. I've got to go out there and preach. I'll never forget the song that they were singing. I walked out. I was in the front pew area. And they were singing, It Is Well With My Soul. And I started to lose it again. I ran to the back and uh, one of our interns was, was there and I pulled myself together. Obviously, I didn't want him to see. I, I, uh, see me like in that state. Pulled myself together and I asked the Lord to be able to help me. I got up and I preached. I told my wife, something's wrong. I said, I feel like my mind is broken. Something snapped. I don't know what's going on. She said, You need to go home and rest. I said, I can't. I got to go to a funeral. She goes, You need to go home and rest. I didn't. We went to the funeral. Um, We left the funeral. She says, You need to get somebody to preach for you tonight. I said, No, I've got to preach. I preached. Uh, People were coming out the door and said, Pastor, what's wrong? What's wrong? Something seems wrong. I said, I've got a bad headache, which I did. She goes, You need to go home and rest. And I said, "Um, i got a staff meeting. Uh, I said, I've got to be there. She goes, they can wait. I said, no, I've got to be there. Uh, I did the staff meeting. I remember texting one of my staff members and I, I texted them after the meeting was over. And I said, uh, brother stone. So thank you. You're a good man. I appreciate all that you do for us. And that was the last time that I really communicated with anybody for about eight months. I could not get out of bed. Um, and, uh, Lost forty pounds. Um, would not eat. Could not uh, think straight. Um, was bombarded with um, different thoughts. I've been I've been diagnosed with um, a, a, an OCD issue, but it's called uh, scrupulosity, um, and I I I suffer with that and with uh, depression and anxiety. Um, and uh, but the Lord has has brought me through. Uh, to that point. So that's my story in a nutshell. Um, I am back in the pulpit. I thank the Lord for that. But, um, you know, just to give you folks a little bit of background that I'm just not a pastor with a a Bible degree, you know, a master's degree. And, uh, like your pastor said, you know, um, here's the Bible, just read some more of that and, and, and you're good to go. No. Um, you know, as I was briefing who, who had already addressed you folks, um, you know kelly uh, I believe she, she comes at it from the professional aspect um and then there was harley who who uh takes it from the um pastoral aspect and then uh Robert who lives with it with his wife and then I guess I'm coming from it pastor Rands and and you folks out there I'm coming from it from somebody who lives in it um and so that's the way that that um uh, You know, I look at this and I'm just pleased and and honored to be a part of this. And if I can be a small help to to somebody out there, praise God.
0: I I appreciate your story. And if you're watching, we're going to dig right into this. But I, I want you to get all of this introduction, because I think by understanding who this is tonight, you're going to find that there is hope. For the previous four weeks leading to tonight, that's the message we want everyone to have, is that there's hope. Now, we've given how to find hope. We've, we've helped with technical things. We've helped with, from a counselor's perspective, a professional way of dealing with it. We've talked about medication and uh, the different types of depression and, and how they can come on and anxiety and how that can come upon us. But there is hope. And it's not, well, just wait it out long enough and it's gonna go away. Right. Right. Because um, it's not just waited out long enough. There's, there's things that have to be done while you're going through it. It's not a battle that you can face alone. You need pastoral help, professional help, medical help, it, everybody's different. If you've made it this far, and we hope that we've brought everyone from night one to night five here. It's not that you're living in sin and God's mad at you, right? Um, You weren't living in sin. You were faithful to your family, faithful to the Lord, faithful to the church. You were in the Bible. You were praying. You were being a help to other ministries and preaching. I mean, you, you, you were doing all the right things. And for some, um, they might be wondering this, I, I've had bouts of it. Like I get into it deep and I think, okay, I'm coming out of it. And I have some good days, some good weeks, maybe some good months, maybe I've had a good year and then it comes back on me and I get some relief and then it comes back on me and, um, that's where you're gonna come from a perspective of living in it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're watching tonight and the hope isn't, don't worry, one day this is gonna be gone. The hope is this, through it, there's help. And through it, there's hope. And through it, there's Christ. And through it, there's counselors. And through it, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want to find tonight. And so I appreciate your introduction. And um, uh, I think people are going to enjoy just getting to know you tonight. And I, too, want to um, thank you for being transparent. Um, We talked about this last four evenings, the stigma that comes with mental health. Mm -hmm. People don't want to talk about it because they don't want the stigma that that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And nobody gets help. Right. This is not something that you can just get into a cave and battle through yourself. This is something that we need people like you to shine the light on and offer people hope. And so, I want to thank you for that. I truly want to thank you for this, for for um, your participation tonight. Let's dive into it, and let me ask you this first question: that Everyone that's watching that is struggling with anxiety or depression, they want to know this. Is there life after anxiety and depression?
1: Well, um, that question um, precludes the idea that, that one will totally recover from anxiety and depression. Um, and though, uh, I mean, that could be a blessing from God uh, that, that he gives the sum. But I've found in, for whatever reason, in God's sovereign plan, um, that some don't experience total recovery, of which I'm one. And, um, you know, Zach uh, Eswine uh, said, Some things we never get over. We may get through them and we may get on with them, but we don't get over them. And that's where I've found myself. And that's where I find a lot of people. But we have to remember that if we get over them, it's because of God's grace. Um, But if we have to go through them and never get over them, God's going to give us grace to be able to get through them. And uh, so either way, we're going to experience God's grace. I can't, I wish that I could give people a reason why God allows some to uh, get through this and past it. Uh, and why others continue to have an ongoing battle. Um, Because I believe that it's, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, I believe it's a twofold battle. Um, There's a physical battle, and then there's a spiritual component um, to it. But, you know, um, I want to give hope to those out there that, hey, um, even if God does not choose to um, heal you completely, then that's That's part of your story that he has for you. And Romans 8.28, I believe, is still in the book. I believe that God can use this. Um, I would have never thought, uh, Pastor Rands. I would have never thought when I was going through this that God would use this. I remember my father, who's a pastor for many years, he would would sit by my bedside when I couldn't get out of bed. Um, He would sit by my bedside for hours on end, and I would just be in tears. I'd be weeping uncontrollably. And he would say, son, God's going to use this. God is going to use this. Say, it. I said, dad, it can't, it, it can't. I, I, I don't know how. And he continually reminded me that God is going to use it. And guess what? He already has. And, and obviously tonight, if this just helps one person, um, God's using it. And so that, that, that's a wonderful thing. But I just want to give encouragement to those that, um, hey, it's okay if, if God writes a different story for you. Uh, than he writes for other people
0: so as a Christian we're supposed to have the peace of God we're supposed to enjoy the blessings of God and you know when almost the danger of a prosperity gospel is you know that now that you're saved everything should be right in your life and you should be wealthy and um, no problems And can a Christian really be depressed
1: Um, well, let me back up and say, um, I'll answer that. Yes, they can. But let me back. You said we're supposed to have the peace of God. Um, so many times we, we equate peace with a, a feeling instead of peace with a person. (laughs) And, and the peace of God is Jesus Christ. And I don't have to fear any evil. Why? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil. I'm still walking through that valley. But why? Because thou art with me. He's my peace, not a feeling. Okay. Um, And so can Christians be depressed? Uh, Yes, sir. They can. Um, There have been many great Christians who have suffered with anxiety and depression. Um, I think you can find them in scripture. Uh, You can look at Moses. Moses. Um, and you can uh find that uh, he battled depression. you can look at elijah uh you can find that he battled depression uh you can take a look at Paul you can find that he battled depression where it's you know in in uh in the epistles you know we what we despaired even of life you know um and so you see that that though they were great men of God and walked with God, they still had bouts and and confrontations with uh, depression. You find them in church history, Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers of all time. Uh, A matter of fact, um, I was reading a little bit on Spurgeon with this um, and it says that, uh, they they say some medical doctors believe that Spurgeon might've even been bipolar because he's got some great writings on joy, great writings on joy. And then he would be out of his pulpit for six months at a time because he was so overcome with depression. You know, um, John Bunyan, um, uh, a wonderful man of God, but constantly battled anxiety uh, and depression. And if I could give maybe a, a help to folks out there, um, two books that I would, I would recommend, and I think that they ought to be in every pastor's library. Um, and every Christian's library that even uh, may deal with this is, uh, first, Spurgeon's Sorrows by Zach Eswine, Spurgeon's Sorrows by Zach Eswine, and then when, when the Darkness Will Not Lift by John Piper, um, and again, I'm not saying that I agree with all the theology that's in there, you know, I'm not making a blanket statement, but these were excellent, excellent helps to me, Um But you find uh, people in scripture that have been um, depressed. You find people in church history that have been depressed. And guess what? You're finding people in the church today that suffer with depression. Um, It is an affliction. It's, 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 It's a real suffering. And do I have the peace of God in my life? Sure. Do I suffer with depression? Yes. Do I suffer with anxiety? Yes. Do I suffer with scrupulosity? Yes. But do I have the peace of God? You better believe it.
0: When, we, when you say you suffer with it, what does that look like? Um, what, what does living in it really look like for you? Um, and I'm asking you that, and I understand that everybody's story might be different. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking right now, uh, somebody sitting there saying, why am I suffering? Am I the only one? Is, you know, is there hope? And, and if they can identify with you right now and see that you do have a peace of God, it is possible. There is hope. Um, it would help them this evening as they're watching this.
1: Um, I, I think when you say, when you say how, how do you, what does it mean to, to suffer with this? Um, it goes back to what you had mentioned in the, in the introduction, where there are times where um, there's relief. And then there are other times where, um, I'll put it to you this way, I, I go under. Um, the, the only way that I know how to describe it, that people describe it different ways, that I feel like um, at times when I'm suffering with this, that I get my head right above the water level and I can breathe a little bit and then a tidal wave comes again. And then I get my head above water, and then a tidal wave comes again. Um, And you say, well, how do you manage that? Um, The way that I manage it is I do not look internally, I look externally. I have to, and and this might sound trite, uh, I'm not trying to throw uh, an expression around um, lightly, but I have to keep my eyes on the Lord. If I turn inward, and start doing introspection, trying to figure out why this is happening to me and what have I done wrong and what sin have I committed. And um, I just spiral. I just go further down. Um, I stop asking the questions, what if? What if are questions you can't ever answer. Um, They continually keep you spiraling. And so I look to the person of peace. I may not feel like I have peace, I, I may feel like I am drowning, but I, I, I look externally. That's the best way I can explain it.
0: And you didn't, this isn't something you understood in February of 2016. Is this something that you learned no. after nine months or through those nine months? Or at what place did
1: you begin to learn that and begin to apply that to your life? It probably took me, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> so it probably took me about a good six months, to be honest with you, and um, and I I even battle sometimes with keeping my eyes on the Lord with that, because my tendency is to look, what am I doing wrong instead of looking at the person of peace and the Lord Jesus Christ? Um, because I want those feelings to go away. I, I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to think like this. I, I don't want to be filled with anxiety and fear. Um, And there's people out there right now that know exactly what I'm talking about. My wife would ask me, what are you afraid of? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just filled with fear. What what, what are you anxious about? I I, I don't know. I'm just filled. So that lets you know that there are spiritual, but also physical chemical issues as well that you have to deal with. But the only way that I, I know how to survive, if you will, those waves those tidal waves is keep my eyes on the lord are there certain things that trigger you um, yes th- there are I need to know um the details of it but
0: do you stay away from those trigger triggers or have you learned to deal with those triggers and find peace in in that
1: right um i've learned how to manage those triggers um Um, for me, uh, if I don't manage them well, um, I will, I will be in a very bad place very quickly. Yeah. Yep.
0: What, um, I I appreciate that. I I think, I think that people are going to identify with what you're saying and because they can identify what you're saying. They're going to get help through the next portion of of this series tonight. What are the aspects of anxiety and depression?
1: Um, well, we've touched on it a little bit, but I believe that there are there are two aspects to it there's the physical as well as the spiritual um, and I don't know about you, Pastor Rance, and the folks that are watching, but i I, I would tend to believe that Uh, those who suffer with this, who battle this affliction, um, don't just want to survive life. Um, they want to, they want to (laughs) live and, and enjoy life. And, um, I think that you have to look at it from both aspects. Um, the Bible tells us what, that, that God gives us a sound mind. Okay. So when we don't have a sound mind, where does that come from? Okay. Um, you know, to have a sound mind, if we were to, to, if somebody were to say, well, well, Pastor Adele, what is a sound mind? Well, that has to do with, it's the idea of being delivered or rescued, okay? It's um, it's a mind that is now protected, that is safe, that's secure. That's why in Philippians, Paul talks about only think on those things, what? That are pure, that are lovely, that are just, that are honest, that are of good report. Those things are of a sound mind, okay? Um, so when we're at, so when we're tempted to fear, when, we, when we're tempted to be anxious, um, we can allow the word of God and his spirit to be able to help us um, and, and help protect our, our mind. Um, because our minds have to do, in, in the word of God, both physical and spiritual. I believe there's, there's both aspects to it. So I believe you're going to be able to uh, be victorious in the battles You've got to confront it on both sides of spiritual and the physical. Uh, I don't think it's just one or the other. Good.
0: So the Bible says that we are body, we're soul, and we're spirit. What does that mean in relation to everything we're speaking of tonight?
1: Well, I believe uh, in relation to what we're speaking to here today is um, that we're interconnected beings. Okay, we are interconnected physically, emotionally, and spiritually. What we like to do in our lives is we like to segment things, don't we? We like to like segregate them. Okay, well, here's my work life, here's my home life, here's my spiritual life, here's my financial life. Here, that's not the way we were created. We are created uh, to be interconnected uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Um, and our our spiritual and emotional life they affect our physical life and our physical life will affect our spiritual and emotional life. For example, um, when you don't feel too good, when you got a headache, it's a whole lot easier not to um, show the the fruit of the spirit and be joyful uh, than than when you don't have a headache. You know, it's a whole lot easier to snap at somebody, you know, uh, when you're under pressure, uh, what's that? That's your physical life affecting your spiritual life. Now, that's not an excuse for sin. I'm just using that as an example for all of us to understand that we are interconnected and we're going to have to do battles on both sides. At least, uh, Pastor Rands, that's what I've learned personally from me and that's what's helped me. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's, what, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear, we want help. So, does one's emotional well being affect that person's spiritual well being?
1: I believe so. Um, see, I believe someone who is emotionally weak will also be spiritually weak, and I believe the opposite is true. And now let me explain that um, because I'm not saying there there are emotional people out there. there. Some may have a real tender heart. I have a very sensitive conscience. That's the way I'm made. Okay, um, but what I mean by that is that someone who is emotionally weak is spiritually weak. For example. Someone who is very easily offended—that's an emotional weakness, but it's also a spiritual weakness. Great peace, have okay. not, I Love thy law. Nothing can yes, sir. Offend you? Yeah, that's right. And, and so, if we're not careful, we will we we forget that even that our, our spiritual and emotional life is also uh, intertwined and interconnected. And so, I believe that our emotional well-being will affect one's spiritual well-being. So, so you say, well, Pastor Adele, what are you saying? I believe as we're growing spiritually, we will also grow emotionally and it will help us. Okay. I'm not discounting people. I'm not saying, well, if you deal with depression, you deal with anxiety, you deal with OCD, you deal with uh, scrupulosity, whatever it is that you deal, bipolar, whatever, and you may be emotionally weak in an area that, We may be talking about a specific area, but that does not mean that, well, we've got an excuse where we don't need to grow in that area. Well, we do. We do. But it also doesn't mean that you're a spiritual uh, infant either. It just may be an area of growth. I'm glad you said that
0: because that that makes sense. Even if we are emotionally or physically... um, Hurting in an area, mm-hmm. health area, there is still growth that can be made. And I think yes. that that I like that. I think that's gonna help a lot of people. Because when you first said that, I'm thinking, hmm, wow, that's that's very judgmental of you. <laughs> yeah. But then as you yeah. explained it, you're not saying that it's all spiritual. Correct. That just pray more, read your Bible more. What you're saying is where we are weak, whether it is a physical or an emotional, specifically is what you're speaking about, we have to grow and learn to grow and do the things necessary to grow in that area. If we don't, we're not going to grow in the spiritual area because we'll become easily offended. We'll we'll rely upon our weaknesses and use those as excuses why we're not growing. That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
1: Someone who's quick to anger. What's the scripture say? If you can't control your spirit, you're, you're worse than a city without walls in Proverbs. What's that? That's a spiritual and an emotional problem. We're interconnected.
0: So that just goes back to reinforcing what we've said all week. There's hope.
1: Yes. Oh, most definitely.
0: Because there, there can be help. And because there's help, there's hope. And because there can be growth, there's hope. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I I want to look at the physical aspect first. Can we, can we do that? Uh, What are some of the the physical contributors that need to be considered when a person is living with anxiety or depression?
1: Okay. Well um, I think that's a great place to start because what's the Bible say that our bodies are what the temple of the Holy spirit. So this is where the Holy spirit resides in this physical temple here. Um, And I think Uh, We need to do everything in our power to um, uh, keep our, our temple strong uh, and and well conditioned. I I believe what we eat affects us. You can find that certain foods uh, can bring on depression um, and help, help in that area. Again, uh, I'm not a professional in this area. Those, some of those previous folks that have already spoken could definitely speak a whole lot better to this than what I am. So I'm not going to dive into that, but I know uh, just from dealing with what I've dealt with what you eat, um, a lack of exercise uh, can affect you. So they tell you um, to exercise, um, um, a lack of sleep uh, can uh, can affect us. Um, and the people that we spend time with uh, uh, will affect us. Now, one of the things when dealing with anxiety and depression um, that I've learned is one of the things that you Many times, don't want to do is to spend time with other people. It's you got you have to spend time with the right people, you don't want people that will pull you down, like you said in the uh in the beginning part of this. We can't keep this in a cave and try and manage this ourselves. We can't. The Bible tells us that we're the body of Christ, we need one another, and um, we need to be around people. I didn't want to be around people, my wife said. You've got to get out there. You've got to, but I don't feel like it. I, I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, the, the, the downer. Um, but one of the best things for me was one of the things that I did not want to do, and that's being around the people of God and the right type of people. So, um, because these things affect us, we got to make sure that um, we are affected in a positive direction. And if we do this, this will help us um, and it will enable us to live instead of just survive. And that's what we want to do. The Bible still quit. Guess what? All you out there that suffer with depression like me, all my the depression suffers together. Guess what? The Bible is still true for us too. What? That he has given us an abundant life and we can enjoy life. We may have a different story than others that's okay. But we can have an abundant life. Um, and I think that really what we, uh, what I would encourage the listeners and those who are watching uh, to do to is to evaluate these physical areas, what you eat, the amount of sleep that you're getting, uh, the people that you hang out with, um, and, and um, if you're exercising or not, and do something to be able to help that physical aspect of it. In, in- What you're
0: watching affects so much too. I I think of now, um, people that are suffering with anxiety. Just turn the news on for three minutes, and you're 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 triggered. Um, There's just so much negativity. I've told our church, and if you're listening, church, I say it again: um, social media sometimes just needs to be turned off. Stop going there and walking away discouraged and depressed and anxious, what we let in through our eyes and what we let in through our ears affects us physically. Yes. um, You know, medication might be an avenue and counseling might be an avenue, but if we're going to live in depression and, and survive it um, and thrive through it, Wonderful. Those things you just said are very, very basic, mm-hmm. but very, very difficult though, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. Um, you had mentioned one of my, one of my triggers I found, Pastor Ranz, is, um, is social media. That's one of my triggers. Um, I have to watch that. And uh, those who are watching, um, Pastor Ranz is right on with that. Uh, I've got to watch that. Uh, that can really affect me uh, in, in In a negative way, uh, for different reasons, maybe than for you, but it, it just it just does, and um, that's really good advice. These things are basic, but sometimes they're very hard to do they really are so do,
0: do you have someone, maybe it 's your wife or a staff member or friend that encourages you in those areas? do you have somebody that's asking you or watch, helping you with a diet while you were going through those nine months. I know you said you weren't eating, but was your wife trying to feed you the food that you, your body needed? Does she give you that look if you began to you know, consume things? And I know that's a, um, a basic question, but as we get older, our body changes, our chemistry in our body changes. And even the things that we used to eat, Um, you know, you remember the days where we could eat a whole pizza, uh, you know, and then go to bed and, uh, you can't do those things anymore. We really need to see how important these very basic things are, um, that we can help ourselves on the physical side of it. Um, so do you have people that you've entrusted with now that keeps you, whether it's eating or exercising or, sleeping properly. How do you approach that and what accountability you put in your life so that when you don't feel like doing those things, when you're in it, you, you do those things?
1: Um, I have, I have a, a couple people that help me with that. Um, and I think that's an excellent question. All of us need to be accountable. And my main accountability partner is my wife. Um, she will tell me you've you know, you're putting in way too many hours. I can see, you know, if I start to get a little bit short with her, Hey, what's going on? Uh, she goes, you know, I I might even say, I didn't even realize it. I'm so sorry. Um, I've noticed you've been putting in X amount of hours and and you're not resting the way that you should be. Or, you you know, um, she's always asking me, let's go for a bike ride. Let's do this. You know, we, uh, we have a, a very nice, um, treadmill in our home that we'll utilize. Um, and so I utilize my wife, uh, my father. Um, he does more on the spiritual aspect of it um, because he's been a pastor for, uh, what, 60 years now. Um, and I also, I also go to, uh, I have a counselor and a professional uh, medical counselor as well. Um, and those two as well. And then uh, my deacons. Uh, my deacons, uh, are very well, well aware of my situation. Um, they were the first ones to know about it when this, this happened. And so they help me as well. They will, uh, ask me from time to time, how are you doing? What's going on, pastor? I, I think you're taking on too much. Um, I've got good men around me to be able to help me with that. So, but for those out there, I, I still uh, seek professional counseling, um, Above me, those people that have been trained in that to be able to help me as well as I help others. So, is
0: it wrong for a Christian um, or wrong for a person? Maybe someone's listening, they would say, I don't identify as a Christian. Is it wrong to seek medical solutions to help with mental or emotional needs?
1: Well, let me ask you this we classify this as mental health. So it's a health issue. So let me ask you this question. Is it wrong for someone to seek uh, medical solutions to help with diabetes? Is it wrong for someone to seek medical solutions to help with cancer? Is it wrong for someone to seek medical solutions to help with um, high blood pressure needs? I think if we answer those questions, because they're health issues, and like you said earlier, we put a big stigma around mental health. Physical health, we wouldn't think twice about. People get taking medication, going to a doctor, getting consultations. Well, we got to remember our mental health is still part of our health. (laughs) And, um, uh, you know, what we think scripture talks to us about. That's a huge part. What we think uh, is in our hearts, those type of things, that's what we become. And so we need to make sure that our mental health is right. Um, And I I think those who are suffering underneath this affliction, you may want to seek medical advice. Um, I'll be honest with you, Pastor Rance, I was totally against it before uh, when I first started on this. I refused to take any type of medication. Um, I fought it, fought it, and fought it. Um, and then, uh, after much uh, discussion um, with, with my father, once again, uh, and the spiritual aspects of it, um, I I do uh, currently take certain medication. Um, I was on more medication, and now because of my progression, and I'm getting uh, I'm getting stronger mentally, um, I've been able to back off of that. Uh, though I still uh, do take um, some medication. So um, I think if if medication is properly monitored, it can be appropriate for somebody. Um, but um, I think that just like we would take care of our physical health, we ought to look to take care of our um, mental health. And again, somebody might choose a different path. But uh, you asked me about what my Personal feeling is it uh, on it is I used to be on the other side, but now I'm I'm uh, I have moved to uh, if if it needs to be done that way, then then let's do it. I think that's important to
0: address that because there are some people right now, um, and, and I know there's a lot of arguments on both sides of this, sure. But if someone has done all they can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're not getting better seeking medical help and seeking and when they offer a a medical solution um medication they're it's not like they're not right with god <laughs> correct it, it's not like they've now gone down a hole that they'll never be able to come back from um they're not a bad christian right am i right with that
1: you're right you're absolutely right um and uh I, I think that again too many times we put stigmas on this and we place i guess we place limitations um from here on up what we're allowed to medically treat you know <laughs> so from here on up we can't treat medically but from here on down we can you know i've got eyeglasses on but i i i'm legally blind to one eye and i can't see out the other you know uh, so, so, um, I, I, what did I do? I sought medical help and I, 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 got glasses, but from here on we can't do that. And I'm not trying to be trite with this, but I really want us to think through what we're doing. I think sometimes, uh, good people with good intentions have caused us, uh, to think in a way that is not very productive when it comes to this.
0: Let me ask you this question, and I'm I'm asking this question innocently because I'm not on medication. I've never been on any Mm -hmm. medication, but we are on the topic of living um, hope after depression, specifically in your life, living in it. Is the goal for a person to to have victory over anxiety or depression or mental health issues to be one day um, medicine-free? or is it okay? Can you find that peace and can you have victory? And there still be a a part of that solution is medication. For long periods, Um, and again, I know you're not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, that's why I'm asking the question, because I'm sure there's somebody watching right now that's saying, I don't think I can truly have victory, I don't think I can truly get back to where I want to be until I'm off of, off of something. I'm, I'm done seeing a a medical doctor. I'm done seeing a counselor. That's a, what I'm listening to you is that's a part of living in it. It might be less, right, but that's
1: a part of your life now. And it's okay. Right. Correct. Um, I think that's an excellent question. An excellent question. Um, I've talked with my counselor, Um, both, both my, all my doctors are Christians um, and they, they are uh, all professionals all have their doctorates and things like that. So they are very well respected in the counseling field, but they are Christians. So I'm thankful for that. Um, So I would encourage um, those, if if you have somebody available to you that is a Christian to go that route because you have the right worldview at that point. Um, And, people are helping you to depend upon the Lord. But I talked with um, both of my uh, counselors and I said, I would like to, to one day be able to get off the medication. I said, but if this is what God has for me and I have to be on medication the rest of my life, I am okay with that as well. Um, And, and uh, both of them who love the Lord um, one is an elder, I believe, in his church, and and uh, the other one is a very, um, very well-respected member of the church, I think, teaches one of the, the Sunday school classes, whatever, um, and, and both of them understand that, um, but they they also encourage me to understand that this may be part of the story that God has for you, and that's okay.
0: So don't okay. be discouraged. If you're still on medication, if you still are seeing uh, a, a counselor, mm-hmm. those aren't reasons yes. to discourage. That's a pathway to living in depression. But finding it
1: it, it, it most certainly is. As a matter of fact, that's a pathway to hope because what happens in depression is you can't you can't see the forest for the trees. And then so somebody else can be able to help guide you and to be able to help help you get through those tough seasons um, and again that's what the body of Christ is for is it not to be able to help one another um, and so there is hope um, I look at that uh, pastor Rance as that's God's grace man he's given medical professionals to be able to give us medication to be able to help he's given medical professionals to be able to help counsel us from the word of God and and uh, to be able to encourage us that that is that's a grace of God that I would even have that availability to be able to reach out to somebody like that. Um, And so to me, that brings hope, you know, that encourages me.
0: Well, I I appreciate that. um, And I hope that's helpful to someone tonight. I I think you've, you've made some very good points, uh, helpful points that I really believe is is going to be helpful to many here tonight. Um, What are some spiritual contributors to living with anxiety and depression? Because you said you suffer both anxiety and depression um mm-hmm. not everyone suffers depression um if they suffer anxiety and vice versa but you your testimony says you suffer both so Correct. um really you can speak into if somebody's watching with just anxiety or just depression or both what are some spiritual contributors to living with these two things
1: well i i think you know i've i've said recently that sometimes um a lack of understanding breeds insensitivity Um, and so before i under before i understood this i would have told somebody um you need to go uh read your bible more you need to go pray more you need to memorize scripture more and brother rance when when this came upon me the way that it did um i was i was fasting i was memorizing scripture I was reading my Bible. I was praying. I was sharing the gospel. I was tithing. I was attending church. I was doing everything that I knew to do. And then one day I can't get out of bed. Okay. Um, And so I was still afflicted. So then um, what is the spiritual aspect of this? Well, first, I think that somebody needs to come to the realization that not only is it physical but this is a spiritual battle it is the battle for the mind it is the battle for the mind anxiety and depression um scrupulosity those type of things what 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 does it do it takes the truth and it twists it what is the devil known as he's known as the father of lies and so what happens is people who are dealing with those afflictions they start to listen to the lies they start to believe the lies and so you've got to come to the conclusion that this part of us is a spiritual battle um, and it's a spiritual attack um, see Satan will do whatever he can to disable the Christian and their testimony and that's what he wants to do um, and uh, these untruth untruths that that permeate our minds sometimes. Um, They're there to discourage us. They're there to destroy us. And so what do we have to do? We have to fight lies with what? With truth. Got to fight it with God's word. Um, I I memorize a lot of scripture. And I go over a lot of scripture every day. Um, And I know sometimes Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to speak to those who you, there are some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can pray, you can cry out to God, you can read your Bible, you can quote scripture and you don't feel any different. Don't quit. The reason that I'm in the place that I am in is not because I am some super spiritual individual, because there are a lot of times, let me just be as transparent with you as I can, folks. There are a lot of times that I read my Bible, that I pray, that I quote, quote scripture, and the waves keep coming. But I keep doing what I know is right to do. And then eventually, the waves subside. Sometimes it's a day. Sometimes it's an hour. Sometimes it's a week. And sometimes it's been a month. But I keep doing what I know is right to do. I know it's right to pray to my father. I know it's right To trust his word and believe his word and read his word. I know it's right to memorize scripture. I know it's right to share the gospel. I I know those things are right. I don't feel them. I, I, I it feels like I'm a million miles away from God, but I keep doing what is right. This is the story that God has for me. It's not a story I would have written for myself. And I know it's a story that you would not have written for yourself, but this is the story that God has written for us. But let's face it, the reason that, that we have what we have today is really because of us. So what do you mean? Because of sin, right? And that's why we need the rescue of the gospel. That's why we need grace. Before, you know, when Adam and Eve were first created, there was no such thing as anxiety. No such thing as depression. No, no such thing as scrupulosity. No such thing as OCD. And then, man, we blew it, right? So God is taking something very awful, and he's writing a beautiful story with your life. He's entrusted you with something. You say, this doesn't look much like a gift. I know, but I've had to come to realize that he's entrusted me with something, and I am able to help people that I really couldn't help before. It, because I didn't understand, I was insensitive, and to be honest, I was ignorant. I would have just told them, like many pastors do, this is spiritual issue, you just need to read your Bible. You're just not right with God. No, I think we need to continue to hold on to what what truth is. Um, And even when it doesn't seem like it's working right away, just do what's right. The Bible tells us to think on those things which are true and to bring every thought in the captivity of Christ. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, that's what it means. Bring you're bringing captivity. So wait a second. What's the evaluation? Not my thoughts, not my feelings. Evaluation is the word of God. Wait, I'm bringing that thought into captivity. It doesn't line up with the word of God. Then I get rid of it. I don't think on that. I remove that from me. Okay.
0: Those are decisions. And that's the way. Yeah. Now, so that when the wave comes, yes, you can't think or make decisions you've already made that decision is that what i'm hearing
1: yes yes it's um i have a a young lady in our church that is is suffers with bipolar disorder um depression she has uh, a, a wonderful young lady i mean great girl but she suffers greatly um with multiple um mental health issues and i've been working with her and telling her look she goes, uh, what should I do when I feel good? I said, continue to do what you know is right. So that way, when you don't feel good, you can battle through it. Um, again, it's a battle. And in a battle, you don't let up. You just continue to do what's right. Whether you feel good, you feel like you're winning the victory, or whether you feel like the the battle's you know, beating up on you that day. You just continue to have to do what's right. And what happens is, what I found, Pastor Vance, is I've gotten stronger. I've gotten stronger through this. So that way... I can, I can fight by God's grace through it a little bit more. So I don't have to um, go to counseling as much. I told you before, I've been able to uh, back off one um, medication uh, completely. Um, and so by God's grace, I've gotten stronger in that area. I, I'm nowhere near out of the woods, but um, I'm thankful for the grace of God. And I know there's hope. I, I'm, I'm an example of it. And I'm nobody special. I'm an average Joe. I'm an average Joe.
0: That's good. That's good. I, I love your transparency and I think that those that are watching tonight are going to be able to identify with that and find, find so much truth in that. We've spent a lot of time and I appreciate it. I, I would like to ask you one more question and sure. uh, deal with this topic. What do you do that helps you stay alert? to the battle of anxiety and depression?
1: Uh, That's a a really good question. I'm gonna ask a question. I want everybody who's listening or watching, who talks to you the most? Um, Some of you guys might say, well, it's my wife or it's this. No, the person that talks to you the most is you. For example, when you get up in the morning, you start thinking, you start talking to yourself. Well, okay, I got to get this. I got to do this. I got to do that. What am I saying? I'm saying pay attention to self talk. You talk to yourself more than anyone else. Okay. And so you have to be telling yourself, it goes back to this, the truth of God's word, do the physical aspects of it. Take care of your physical body, but you have to pay attention to what you are telling yourself, you know, getting through this, winning this battle is not gritting your teeth and saying, oh, I'm going to get through this. No, you're saying, hey, by God's grace, I'm going to get through this. The way I started, Pastor Anz, is I remember, I can distinctly remember, writing down in my journal, I had one good minute of peace today. One minute, 60 seconds. I remember that. I, and then I remember getting to the point where, man, I had an hour uh, of peace today. And then it went from, uh, you know, a minute, an hour, went to an afternoon, went to, you know, a morning and an afternoon, went to a whole day, went to two days. (sighs) Oh, wow, this is, this is great. Why? I I started paying attention to what I was telling myself in the self-talk and seeing how, how using the word of God, paying attention to my physical aspects, watching those triggers and watching God bring me along. It's not about gritting through. It's about depending upon God. And again, remember, he's writing your story. And the story is not a story of depression, anxiety, OCD, whatever you've got. The story is a story of hope. You and I are going to be examples of God's trophies of grace. God's writing a different story for Pastor Rands. God's writing a different story for somebody else. And they are trophies of God's grace. But for those of us who suffer with this, God is writing a different story. And remember, it's for our good and his glory. Hey, if this can help somebody, I'm glad that I could stay in bed for eight months if it's going to help somebody. If it, if if I'm glad that I, you know, I wasn't really able to eat and I lost all that weight, that's, you know, uh, if God can use this because he's been so good to me, and let me tell you, it's like I said, I'm just an average guy. It's not because I'm a pastor. I am just like you. And I've just decided that by God's grace, I'm going to be able to get through this. Every day when I have dinner with my family, I include this in my evening prayer for my dinner. After I ask the Lord to bless the food, I say, Lord, will you please heal my mind and my heart completely? I'm asking him for it. He may never do that. And that's okay. But he says, "If you don't ask and you don't knock, you're never going to get any answer." He may just say, "George, this is what I have for you, and it's okay." Just like he told Paul, "No, my grace is sufficient." And guess what, friend? You have the same grace that I have, and His grace is sufficient—sufficient sufficient for me, and it's
0: sufficient for you. That's good. And, and, and when you're talking to yourself, you're not speaking lies to yourself. You're not looking out the window when it's raining and saying, it's not raining. It's not raining. <laughs> you're saying to yourself, but the sun's coming out. That's right. The sun's going to shine again. So you're not, That's right. you're not digging down and fi- trying to find something in yourself. You're reminding
1: yourself of God's promises. That's <laughs> right. That's wonderful. And remember, he's, I, I said before, I don't look internally. I have to look externally. Yeah. My peace is a person. And that's the person, of the Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. That's good. Is there anything else you wanted to say on that question?
1: No, I. No, I think that I think that, um, I, think that uh, I would just like to thank the Lord for Him allowing me to be back in the pulpit. Um, thank Lord for allowing. I have such a gracious staff um, that that uh, helps me and encourages me, um, and just a wonderful church. And I'm just so thankful for that. I, know many, I, I don't know of too many churches that would have gone through with their pastor and walked this, um, this deep valley with their pastor that the people of Open Bible uh, have walked. And they've been, they've been a blessing. They really have. And so I praise God for that.
0: But one of the things that we're hoping through this as well, because we know we're not going to just deal with people with anxiety or depression. We're going to deal with people that their loved one is dealing with it. Mm. In- you said something just there that i hope that if you're watching this series and it's not you dealing with it but it's a loved one have patience mm. give them the the leniency and be long suffering with them and be a help to them because it's got to make people angry it's got to make people frustrated um just snap out of this
1: mm-hmm.
0: um i mean eight nine months that's a long time that your wife had to deal with her husband and i'm sure there's fears in her mind of boy if the church doesn't hold on what are we going to do you know you got you had kids um they're grown now but um she's got to be worried about them and medical insurance and a paycheck and food and a mortgage and So, the person going traveling this road with someone battling depression, they can learn from what you're saying tonight as well. Um, They need to do the same things Mm -hmm. remind themselves this is God's story and that God is going to supply and remind themselves of the promises of God and that they shouldn't lose hope when they're dealing with someone. Your wife is also living through yes. that road of depression through you and she's been faithful to you.
1: Oh, uh, I do not know what I would have done if, if God had not given me such a faithful wife. Um, she checks in with me every morning and uh, how you doing and uh, try and start our day off the right way. And, and, but just, I thank God for her, and those who have to walk this road with others, um, Pastor Rands is right, uh, don't lose hope. I know sometimes you don't know what to say or what to do, and uh, what worked for me was just, just being there, just having somebody there that I knew was not, I, uh, everybody else might leave me, everybody else might walk out on me, but I know, I know that I know that I've got this one other human being is going to stick by my side and when when somebody's dealing with that anxiety and depression and, and suffering with that affliction um that also helps that also helps
0: so you had your wife you had your your father mm-hmm. who was also your spiritual mentor your pastor yep you had your deacon board um let's call them co-laborers of um, friends right you had your daughters um mm-hmm loving you and supporting you. And you're pastoring the same church, mm-hmm. married to the same wife. Yep. Two girls still love you. Um, yes, they do. You do, okay. Um, <laughs> your deacons still support you. Yeah. Um, I know uh, specifically even one staff member that um, walked through this with you and is still with you and still loves you, yep. respects you. Yeah. And you, um, you have a lot to thank God for. You Amen. That hope. And so there is hope through depression and anxiety. And you're a living the certainly
1: is. Well, by God's grace, right?
0: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. We've, um, I know we've, we've covered a lot here. Tonight was a little bit more, um, unusual than the previous four. We didn't get into a lot of technical things. We got into what we wanted, a testimony that um, you're a trophy of God's grace. You're not broken. Praise God. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, he doesn't put you on a different shelf. He's using your life just like anyone else's. And you're giving him the glory. And- I want to encourage you this evening. If you are watch, have watched this complete series, you found what is anxiety, what is depression. You found some ways to deal with it. You found some help, I, I hope. Um, and tonight you found that there is hope. There is life after it and even life in it. And this is going to pass. You are going to find relief. And these principles that you've learned this evening, simple, practical, but necessary for you to see that God loves you, that this is not God's punishment on you because he's mad at you. This isn't something that you've done wrong. This is God's plan for your life because through this plan and through your yielding to him, God seemed greater. I want to remind you something as well. This is not eternal. Mm -hmm. God's promised in his word that we are going to either by death or by rapture, we are going to be in heaven. We're going to have eternity with Christ. And we're going to receive a new body. (laughs) No more sorrow, no more pain, no more suffering, no more medication. Revelation tells us this, he's going to wipe away all of our tears. And I think that he's going to wipe away all the memories of that causes the de- depression, mm-hmm. the anxiety. You're not going to live with this for all of eternity. And um, Pastor Adele, you preach that message, that little red tape on that long 200-foot rope or whatever it was, <laughs> um, is only a story in this life. That's right. There's an eternity that you're not gonna suffer with it, that you are going to be healed. And so if nothing else, there's hope. Maybe you each evening and I want to let you know that that hope only comes through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It comes through the gospel, it, not through religion, not through church membership, not through baptism, not through good works, mm-hmm. not through um, digging deep and finding it in yourself. It comes through the gospel. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He tells us that he is the way to heaven. He came to this earth. He died on the cross. Between his birth and his death on the cross, he lived a sinless life, born of a virgin. He is the Son of God. He came here for one reason, one reason only, to be the payment for our sin debt. The Bible says wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus went to the cross. His blood was shed so that the sin that has com- been committed by all mankind has a, a, um, a pardon can mm. be given. And the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The gospel message is this. Man is dead in trespasses and sin and hopeless. But Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And this is the message that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ came. Died on the cross, shed his blood as the payment for your sin. He was placed in that grave, and for three days his body lay dead in that grave. And on the third day, God resurrected his body from the dead. And because of that, he has the power over life and over death. And he can offer you everlasting life because he is now everlasting life. He is life. And so, If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the first thing I would hope that you would do is trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I would love to help you with that decision and talk with you. We'll put our church information in the notes below, and I hope that you'll call and trust Christ as your Savior. And then put all of these things in practice that you've learned over the last several evenings in all of the things tonight that were so so valuable. Begin to put those things in place and realize that there's hope. There's hope in life. Don't give up. Don't quit. Checking out of life now is not the option, is not the answer. The answer is Christ and finding hope in him. I want to thank you once again, Pastor Adele. I want to thank you for your wisdom, your transparency, your willingness to be a help. I want to thank our audience that um, has stayed with us for these five evenings. I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for uh, investing your time in this. And I truly pray that this has been a help and a blessing to you. God bless you.